This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore stocks opened weaker on Monday, December 12, tracking Wall Street declines last Friday. The Straits Times Index fell 0.2% to 3,239.85 points at the open. Gold prices inched lower, dragged down by a firmer dollar, with investors awaiting key U.S. inflation data and the Federal Reserve's rate hike verdict due this week. On Tuesday, the U.S. dollar was steady ahead of the release of U.S. inflation data and the final Fed meeting of the year. At home, the SDI advanced 1% to 3,271.28 points at the open. At the midweek, Singapore stocks advanced, tracking overnight gains in Wall Street as U.S. consumer inflation data came in better than expected on Tuesday. The SDI rose 0.5% to 3,288.58 points in early trade. And on Thursday, Singapore stocks were off to a muted start amid overnight declines on Wall Street. The SDI rose 0.1% in the morning. Oil prices slid about 2% as traders worried about the fuel demand outlook due to a stronger dollar and further interest rate hikes by global central banks. Brent's futures fell 1.8% to settle at 81.21 US dollars a barrel. It's Friday, December 16th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore shares declined after non-oil domestic exports posted sharper than expected falls, and major exchanges in the US and Europe posted their biggest daily percentage drop in weeks amid recession fears. Key Singapore exports contracted 14.6% on the year in November from a high year-ago base, which far outstripped the median 6.5% decline forecast by private sector economists in a Bloomberg poll. The SDI fell 0.4% to 3,260 points at the open. Here's Amelia Tan, research analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the week for us. The STI gained 0.9% in price returns, whereas the regional FTSE APEC index declined 1.1%. Asia stocks were relatively muted over the week, while US stocks posted overnight declines after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by half a percentage point and projected at least an additional 75 basis points of increases by the end of 2023. Across the Singapore market, the outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Jardine Matheson, Del Monte Pacific, and Netlink Trust. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were Neo, Riverstone Holdings, and Keppel Pacific Oak US REIT. Looking at institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 15 December, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 136 million Sing dollars. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at 61 million, followed by REITs at 47 million, and telecommunications at 40 million. On the other hand, consumer non-cyclicals saw the highest net inflows of 16 million, followed by consumer cyclicals at 11 million, and real estate excluding REITs at 9 million. Largest outflows for the week were seen in DBS, Singtel, and ST Engineering, while largest inflows were recorded across SIA, Genting Singapore, and Thai Beverage. In the year to date thus far, SDI recorded 9.1% in total returns versus a comparative decline of 15% for the FTSE Developed Index and a 14% decline for the FTSE Asia-Pacific Index. The SDI has the most defensive advanced economy benchmark in 2022, despite market volatility seen throughout this year. 
SDI's 2022 highs were made in the first quarter, with the lows formed in the last quarter, following a retest of third quarter highs. STI's outperformance through the year was in part due to the technology sector weighing the global stock market. STI's technology exposure is limited to VentureCorp, which has ranked among the 20 most defensive regional technology stocks. Within the STI, top performers for the year so far are Yangzijiang Shipbuilding, Samcorp Industries and Capocorp, averaging 70% in gains. While underperformers in the index were SETS, Capel DC REIT, and Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust, averaging declines of 25%. Yang Zizhang Shipbuilding led the STI and delivered a 70% year-on-year increase in first half 2022 revenue, backed by higher contribution from all segments. Its order book stood at 143 vessels worth 10.3 billion US dollars in contract value, which are slated for deliveries through to 2026. The Jiangsu-based shipbuilder has also benefited from the appreciating US dollar this year and spun off Yang Zijiang Financial. Price performance aside, the Singapore market recorded over 770 million in net institutional fund inflows, of which close to 300 Singapore-listed stocks have been recipient to net inflows. By sector, the highest net inflows for the year to date were seen across telecommunications at 700 million followed by consumer cyclicals at 418 million and industrials at 348 million. On the other hand, REITs recorded the highest net outflows of 1.2 billion, followed by technology at 305 million and energy, oil and gas at 28 million. Top institutional net buy stocks were Singtel, OCBC Bank and Capital Corp. Singtel reported that its first half FY23 net profit came to 1.2 billion Sing dollars, which was boosted by the 1 billion net exceptional gain from the group's partial divestment of its stake in Bharti Airtel. Retail investors were also net buyers of Singapore stocks in the year to date, recording close to 200 million in net retail fund inflows. By sector, retail investors net bought 1.5 billion into REITs followed by financial services at 490 million and technology at 400 million. Retail investors have been net buyers of SREITs for 9 out of 11 months in 2022, perhaps picking up opportunities during the dips. Top retail net buy stocks were DBS, Yang Zijiang Financial and Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust. Senior correspondent Anita Gabriel from the Business Times newsroom shares her take of the week's drivers. What a choppy week it has been. Asian markets began the week on a somber note, consumed by anticipation of key US inflation data and how that in turn would direct the Federal Reserve's monetary policy decision a day later. Equities began on the back foot, given expectations of rate hike galore this week. As it turned out, the latest U.S. Consumer Price Index for November indicated two months of cooler core inflation readings. That gave markets reason to cheer on Wednesday with a nice lift across the board in the region. But reality bites. The Fed was decidedly more bearish than expected and closed out a challenging year with a 50 basis point additional rate hike. If at one point earlier in the year, 50 basis points was considered bad news, that is now considered a dovish tilt versus an aggressive 75 basis point hike. 
This is how much expectations have shifted amid a torrent of rate hikes to tamp down inflation that has sparked recession woes and rattled markets this year. The U.S. Fed's remarks spooked investors and served as a stark reminder that U.S. price inflation still has a long way to go to climb down the mountain. As investors recoiled key gauges across the region, from Japan, Hong Kong, China, South Korea to Taiwan, Australia, Malaysia and Singapore sank the following day. They are in the red so far today as well. As expected, a storm of rate hikes unfolded this week with central banks in England, Europe, Switzerland, the Philippines and Taiwan all raising rates to fight inflation. The Eurozone inflation data will be keenly watched later today as the bloc faces a period of huge economic and energy uncertainty and possibly recession. Latest macro data out of China on retail sales and production disappointed displaying the sting of strict COVID-related lockdowns on economic activity in the world's second-largest economy. Pundits expect further volatility as concerns mount over how much central banks across the globe may be prepared to hinder growth to tame surging inflation. After the worst seller for the year over the previous week, crude oil saw bulls return earlier this week on the back of supply jitters and as news of China reopening resurface. The rally, however, has reversed as global recession risks heightened following the wave of central bank rate hikes. Gold also began the week higher and drifted lower in the second half of the week as investors digested the latest Fed decision. One step forward, two steps back pretty much sums up the market's body language this week. It's close to the year end, which means traders may be more inclined to risk management versus risk taking. But that doesn't completely rule out sharp swings between now to year end. The big question, is a year end rally off the table? For now, it's looking a lot like a Santa rally for the bears. Still to come, the outlook for 2023 and macroeconomic and company-focused news and drivers. Partnering you on your wealth and investment journey. Bringing you insights to make well-timed market moves. Sharing actionable personal financial tips. Helping you protect and grow your wealth. Analyzing Singapore's market trends and corporate issues. Supporting you through your Singapore property journey. Insights from your trusted partner, the Business Times Podcasts. Are you listening? And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, could you expand on some of the macroeconomic data that investors should look at going into 2023? Private sector economists recently downgraded Singapore's 2023 growth forecast to 1.8%, down from 2.8% before, while raising their inflation forecasts from 3.5% to 5.2% for headline inflation and 3.1% to 4% for core inflation. Given the trade-centred nature of the Singapore economy, most cited downside risk to Singapore's growth outlook were spillovers from the global growth slowdown, as well as risks from an escalation in geopolitical tensions and uncertainty over China's growth due to COVID-19 lockdowns and social unrest. On the other hand, upside risks include more robust growth in China due to macroeconomic policy easing 
and economic reopening, as well as better-than-expected economic growth and a slower pace of global interest rate hikes. Singapore's non-oil domestic exports contracted by 14.6% on the year in November from a high year-ago base. Both electronic and non-electronic exports fell and the latest prints marked the second consecutive month of decline after October's 6.1% decline, which was the first since November 2020. On a seasonally adjusted monthly basis, Nordics decreased by 9.2% in November, extending the 4.2% decline in the preceding month. International visitor arrivals declined in November, marginally lower from October's and breaking a nine-month growth streak but analysts agree that the slight fall was expected and reflective of historical trends. The month of October saw a spike with Formula One and major meetings, incentives, conferences and exhibitions activity in the city. Historically, November's visitor arrivals have not once beaten October's from 2015 to 2019. In the year to date, Singapore has reported some 5.4 million international visitor arrivals against the Tourism Board's expectation of 4 to 6 million international visitors for the year, announced in July. The Ministry of Manpower's market report showed labour market tightness in Singapore ease in 3Q2022 as the total number of job vacancies fell for the second straight quarter. While vacancies declined noticeably to over 108,000 jobs vacant in September, it remains significantly higher than pre-pandemic levels of 53,000 jobs vacant in 2019. Job vacancies were still seen in sectors such as manufacturing and construction, and services industries such as information and communications, financial services, professional services, and health and social services. MOM expects overall employment growth to remain robust in the next quarter, albeit uneven growth across sectors. For instance, tourism-related sectors should see higher employment growth, while manufacturing sectors may see subdued growth due to the weakening economic climate. In housing, sales of new private homes continued to sink in November, setting a new two-year low since October, even as launches more than tripled over last month's tally. Condominium resale volumes also continued to decline, down over 30% year-on-year as high interest rate and cooling measures weighed on buyer demand. In the residential leasing market, leasing volumes fell against rising rentals. Industry experts expect rental rates to stabilise next year due to lower demand, dampened by slower economic conditions. Amelia, the week might have been choppy on the markets, but it wasn't all gloomy. Give us some notable company-specific news for the week. City Developments continued to enlarge its UK student accommodation portfolio with the acquisition of five purpose-built student accommodation assets for £215 million. The five assets span across five cities that are located close to key transportation nodes and prominent universities. The properties have an average age of less than three years and an average committed occupancy rate of over 98% across its 1,863 bids. City Developments made its foray into UK student accommodation sector in June 2022 and with this acquisition, the group's student accommodation portfolio will now have six properties and over 2,300 bids. Capital Land India Trust is acquiring a freehold site in Chennai to develop its third data centre in India, which is estimated to cost 19.4 billion rupees over the next four to five years. 
funded through a combination of debt and internal resources. Both the site acquisition and project are expected to increase the Trust's total portfolio size, including committed investment pipeline, by 1.7% to about 25.7 million square feet. Management sees the project as an opportunity to further diversify in the highly scalable data centre asset class amid rising demand for data centres in India, with further plans to develop a fourth data centre in Bangalore. CDL Hospitality Trusts announced that it is entering into another 10-year lease agreement with Banyan Tree Holdings for its Angsana Vilevaru Resort in Maldives. The rental formula and management fee terms under the new lease agreement remain the same. Lastly, Soil Build Construction was awarded new constructions contracts worth $140 million for building works at Topayo Neighbourhood 1 and piling works at Pasiris Planning Area. Its order book as of end October stood at close to $500 million, including the new orders. This has been Markets Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, Research Analyst at SGX Securities, and Anita Gabriel, Senior Correspondent with the Business Times News Desk. We take a break to celebrate the festive season and we'll rejoin you on January 6, 2023. On behalf of the Business Times podcast team, our newsroom correspondents and the team at the SGX, I wish you all happy holidays and to those who celebrate it, a blessed Merry Christmas. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple. Spotify, Google Podcast or, via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.